is your truck and your road to success in the trucking industry. This is Trucking Business and Beyond, the show that puts the money where it belongs, back in your pocket. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. The website is Let'sTruck.com. The show is all about the business of trucking, and today is Destination Health. My co-host is Kim Cockerham. We'll take your calls and answer your questions about everything health. Food, fitness, nutrition, diet, lifestyle, exercise, disease, drugs, stress, supplements, you name it. We'll talk about it. All you have to do is pick up the phone and ask the question. We're going to get to the questions in just a little bit. Kim, welcome and Happy New Year. Oh, Happy New Year, Kevin. How are you feeling today? Good. You know, I I know it's only a date on the calendar. It really isn't any different than any other day or week. But there's something about starting a new year, don't you think? Mm Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. And why not? You know, embrace it. Yeah, the interesting thing is, you know, I've been talking about how optimistic I am about business. You know, a lot of our shows are all about business and success. And a year ago, I I was looking at trucking saying, I don't even know what to talk about. I don't see anything in the news. Nothing was really all that exciting or optimistic looking. And what a difference. You know, 2017 was a really interesting year and set up a, a lot of things that I think are really, really good for the trucking industry. I think there's a lot of opportunity, and I don't like to predict too far out, so I'm going to say I think the next five years look really good. Things could change, but there's clearly a lot of opportunity, and and it looks like it could stay that way. I I got thinking about the same thing um, early this morning when I started getting prepared for this show today, that even though there's incredible amounts of bad news around health. I mean, I can find some of the worst statistics ever. And you look at some of these and you think, we're doomed. We're we're just going to die off as a species. It's that bad. You you look at the rates of diabetes, the rates of heart attack, the rates of cancer. We've been fighting cancer for how many decades now, and yet it continues to get worse. All the money spent, and it's getting worse, not better. Um... I'm watching an eight-part series on the opioid epidemic in this country, which I've talked about before. I follow it closely. The more I see, the scarier it is. They don't even think we've peaked yet. They think the worst of this is yet to come. I, I was watching this documentary, and it was in Huntington, West Virginia, right across the line from Ohio. And their their overdose rate is 10 times the national average. The documentary was following um, a, a female. She was the, at the beginning of the show, she was actually the deputy fire marshal or deputy fire chief. And at the end, she actually w- became the first uh, female fire chief in West Virginia's history, which was kind of a cool story. But the, the documentary was to follow her around during the day. Well, throughout the day, they would try to interview her. They would sit down and they would ask questions. Every time they tried, the alarm would go off and they'd have to go to another overdose. Five, six, seven of them a day in this tiny little town. It's, it's, so we could get really, really mired in all the bad news. But 
I would much rather spend time on the good news. And I got looking at, you know, the things I've been working on and testing and the results I've had. And the good news is it is getting much, much easier to eat really healthy, high-quality food. I, I am to the point where I kind of feel bad for my local grocery store because I don't go anymore. I, I Almost everything that I eat now gets delivered to my door between subscription services for meat, produce, pantry items. Um, I actually found another new service. You know, we've talked about Thrive Market a lot. That's where I get all my pantry stuff because it's so cheap and they have Mm -hmm. really high-quality stuff. There's a service that Lisa found and showed to me that's actually cheaper than Thrive, significantly cheaper for the same types of products, and they even do some meats and and other things. It's kind of an interesting um, concept. You what you have is a local drop point. They don't. They do deliver to your door, but it's fairly. It, it's more expensive to do that. You're going to pay for the shipping. If you can organize a local drop point or join one that already exists, and you know where I live, it's nothing but tiny little towns. I found three drop points that were within five miles of where I live. They'll they'll drop at each one of those points once a month. But between three of them, it, it's three different weeks. So you order like a month ahead of time, and then the truck shows up at the drop point, and you go pick up your stuff. If you want to be the drop point, you actually get some discounts and some other stuff. Their price is excellent. I haven't ordered from them yet just because of timing. But it, it's becoming so incredibly easy. And we're working on things to make it even easy in the truck. Uh, in fact, yesterday, or the day before and today, I've been spending my time. You know, I, I showed you how I cook with components. Make a bunch of things ahead of time and, you know, freeze them or store them. And then when it's time for a meal, you just throw them all together and make something. So I have that 25-quart pressure canner. We've talked about, you know, canning the high-quality meats and, Mm -hmm. you know, your own meals at home. You can can them, and and once you pressure can something like that, you can carry it with you in the truck. It doesn't need refrigeration. That way you can control the ingredients. So everything now for me is grass-fed, pastured, organic, and I can do 20 pounds of beef or chicken. Now, I'm not canning it this time. I'm putting the meat in 25 or 20 pounds of it in this pressure cooker canner and I just pressure cook it 45 minutes and the beef or chicken just falls apart and shreds and then I just take it out and, and vacuum pack it one pound bags and freeze it when I want a meal you thaw it in you know minutes you've got good high quality meat it's already cooked so it's easy to make a meal like that and to do 20 pounds of beef, the, the total time of my labor from getting it ready, putting it in, the pressure canner takes about 45 minutes, but I don't have to do anything. It's going right now. Uh, in fact, if you would, remind me before we start the second show, I have to go turn it off. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wasn't thinking when I put it on that it only takes 45 minutes. And then I thought, oh, we do the show for about an hour and a half. So, um but when I'm done and then I'll, I'll 
let it cool overnight in the refrigerator, and then tomorrow I'll vacuum pack it, one-pound package. I have about an hour labor to create 20 pounds of really high-quality, you know, grass-fed, pastured beef, and I usually end up getting about four quarts of really good meat broth out of it as well. So I just, you know, pour that into mason jars and freeze that. Now if I want to make a soup, a stew, tacos, burritos, whatever... You know, whatever you want to make, throw it on salads, all kinds of things. Really, it's pre-seasoned. You can open up the package and eat it. It's that convenient. So I'm just very optimistic. I think a lot of people are going to continue to get less and less healthy because everything about our society these days is pretty unhealthy. But I'm also optimistic that if you want to get healthy and eat better, it's becoming so much easier than it was just a year or two ago when we talked about this. Yeah, you know, um, I saw on the Today Show this week, they had a whole bunch of fitness people and nutrition people, that kind of stuff, to give like one pointer. And this one lady just really, it just really spoke to me and, and, and just, just really spoke to my heart. And she just said, like, start every day. And she actually showed, you know, a symbol like raising your hand almost reminded me like a yoga kind of move. Um, but as you raise your hand, you say, I am, and then bring your hands together and bring it down to your heart center and say, committed to myself. And what you're saying, like what you're talking about, all your the preparation work you're doing, um, you're committed to your health. You're going to back up and take the time and prepare um, what you need to make that happen. And and I think I, we see it with our highway people, the people we get to work with, those that do take that step back and, and prepare, um, prepare their truck for success, their home for success. They don't find themselves in um, food emergencies, as Dr. Hyman calls it. And they're able to stay on that path to health. I just think there's so much in our control to make that happen. And if we do that, if we commit to ourselves first and do what it takes to, um, because we all know what our healthy self looks like, to do what it takes to get there, move towards that, um, I think it will be a very promising year very promising outlook on health. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned dark, uh, Dr. Mark Hyman. Did you see what he has starting on uh, the 17th of this month? Um, no, I've seen his emails come through, but haven't been oh. able to back up and read them. Well, we you know, are hammered here at Let's Truck. Yeah, I know we are. <laughs> we are, I, know we are. I have it. I have it. Yeah, I have it uh, ready to read. We, we are blessed to be that busy, but you're right. It's, uh, it does make it a little hard to get to those things. I'll tell you about it when we get back from this break. I'm excited about it and a lot of other things. We'll be right back. Stick around. Kevin Rutherford, this is Destination Health.
back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. Kim is here with me. So, Kim, he's doing a, uh, I think it's an eight-part documentary series online. You can watch it online. It's free. I think it's like an hour a day. And it's all about brain health. So he covers the whole gamut of, you know, avoiding Alzheimer's, dementia. He talks about ADD, autism, all kinds of, um, you know, brain ailments, and also how to improve our brain and keep it healthy. So uh, I think that's a, a great topic, and his material is always good. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, you know, you just mentioned something else, and, and I love that whole thing about starting the day that way. And the other thing I wanted to talk about was New Year's resolutions. I, I've never been a big fan of them. Um, but this is a good time to make a change. There, there just seems to be something natural about saying, look, you know, here's what happened last year, but here's what I want to happen this year. I, I think one of the biggest mistakes people make is their resolutions are way too big. You know, they're not working out at all, and they commit to going to the gym four times a week. And even the way that I've taught people to set goals in the past can create this same kind of pressure. You know, we tell people, be really specific about your goals. You know, don't just say you're going to get healthy or say you're going to go to the gym four times a week. Well, I'm kind of rethinking that. The problem that it sets up is it's not realistic. You're not going to go to the gym four times every week. The odds of that happening are slim to none. And when you go three times, many people feel like they failed. And then they'll start to slack off. And that's why, you know, we have that whole phenomenon of the gym is jam-packed in January, and by March it's back to normal again. But it goes for all resolutions. You know, if you say, I'm going to save $1,000 every month, and you only manage to save 700 then people feel like they failed. Yet 700 was way better than saving nothing. Going to the gym once is better than not going at all or just getting out and being active. I, I would stay away from a gym, honestly. Um, you know, find an activity that you can just go do that keeps you busy and active. And, and don't stress so much about, you know, being a stickler for the details. Uh, I was reading an article by Dave Asprey this morning, and he, he says... His New Year's resolution, and I kind of like this, is he just wants to be a little better every day. That's a good one. Yeah, it kind of takes the pressure off. Now, you also can't get so mm-hmm. lax that, you know, you're, you're really kind of fooling yourself, saying, well, I, I got a little better today because of this. So you got to find that happy medium. You know, don't make it so strict that you're just not going to stick to it and you're going to feel like you failed. And don't make it so lax and vague that you do nothing. And the other thing to remember, we've talked about this, but this is really important. Um, Willpower is like a muscle. You know, nobody is going to go from being a couch potato to running a marathon next week. We don't do that. You can't. Your body's not physically capable of it. But somehow we think we can go from not being disciplined, not having goals, not working towards being better to being superhuman in a week. And, you know, and we fail at it because willpower, the ability to make better decisions, because isn't that really the only way we change our life is to make better decisions? Yeah. I mean, it yeah. really is. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's the decisions we make every day and we just make better ones. The, the thing is, though, we have a decision muscle. It, it's actually called decision fatigue. 
as you go throughout the day, the more decisions you have to make and the harder they are, the more willpower you have to exert, the less of it you have. Just like a muscle, it gets tired. And there's tons of research that shows by the end of the day, you're making much worse decisions. One of the studies I thought was fascinating, um, in case anybody listens ever ends up in prison and you know needs to go in front of a parole board, you want to make sure you go in front of the parole board in the morning. You're much more likely, significantly more likely, to get a favorable parole hearing in the morning than you are in the afternoon. And it's the whole decision fatigue. Oh my yeah, isn't that crazy? I, I love books like that that yeah, you know, yeah. prove these points with kind of strange examples. Um, so you can get decision fatigue, but just like a muscle, if you start slow and you focus on making good decisions and then you notice when you get tired and just be mindful, pay attention, and don't make big decisions as you get tired. You know, later in the day, try to try to make your bigger decisions in the morning, but push yourself a little bit more each day, just like you would if you were working out or trying to build a muscle or trying to build, you know, aerobic capacity. You increase a little bit each day. And pretty soon you become one of those people that have that ability to make good decisions all day long. But it takes time. So don't don't push yourself too much. Push yourself a little. That's the uh, that's the New Year's resolution lesson for today. Um, one other thing, and then we're going to get to the calls and questions. I uh, got my results back from my vitamin D and inflammation test. Um, oh. Yeah, interesting. So okay. on vitamin D, the, the acceptable range is like 32 to 100. And all the research I've read is the higher you are on that chart, the better off you're going to be. You know, 32 might be acceptable, but it's not optimal, and you will still see some problems at that level. I was only 36, so clearly, um, and that was with some supplementation. I think I mentioned this last week, one of the sleep supplements I've been testing actually has quite a bit of vitamin D in it. So I would have been under-optimal without that, Um it's the time of year. So, and I purpose, I, I was trying not to take any vitamin D supplements at all so I could see what my level would be like this time of year. And I didn't realize that sleep supplement had so much vitamin D in it. So even with that, I was at 32. So now what I'm doing for the next 60 days, I'm taking our, the um, vitamin D emulsion we have in the store and the new supplement that we just got in, which is the A, D, E, and K emulsion. And I'm going to take those for 60 days and then retest because clearly my vitamin D number needs to come up. The good news was on the inflammation test. And this is, they test for what's called C-reactive protein, which is our best biomarker of inflammation mm-hmm. anywhere in the body. And the thing about inflammation, almost every single disease starts with inflammation. Um, diabetes has an inflammation uh, factor to it. Heart disease is purely inflammation. Things like arthritis, inflammation, pain anywhere in our body is inflammation. So finding out how much inflammation you have in your body is, is pretty important. So this is a, an, a good test. 
This one, I'm much happier with my results. In fact, I'm ecstatic. Anything less than two, and this is a pretty small scale, so it's not like 32 to 100. This is a pretty small scale. Anything less than two is optimal. I was at 0.5. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So I was very, very happy with that. I mean, I, I think that clearly is the result of, you know, eating very clean for two years, working on stress and sleep and all the things we talk about doing on the show. And, you know, if you can keep your inflammation levels down there, the, your odds of contracting any kind of chronic disease goes way, way, way down. Uh, this is one of the best markers we have. So uh, we're going to look at getting a good inflammation test into the store. Um, I don't know if it'll be this one I took. I I liked it. It was uh, fairly reasonable, reasonably priced, but I think that's another test that I'd like to get in the store. Um, and this was a combination. One test, and they did both vitamin D and inflammation, which um, two pretty important tests. So I was happy with those. Well, my vitamin D I wasn't happy with, but I was happy to know. And now it'll be really interesting to see how high I can bring that with those two supplements over the next 60 days. And I'll also try to eat, but I already do. I eat a lot of foods that are pretty rich in vitamin D, and it's just not enough. This is one of those things I think that unless you live along the equator somewhere and you spend a lot of time outdoors, you really do need to supplement vitamin D. Yeah. Are you still taking antidigestivize? Are you still taking like the beta TCP? I'm not. I'm not. I, I'm considering starting again. Um, my digestion feels really good, but I, I know I'm probably not digesting and assimilating the fat-soluble vitamins as good as I should. Uh, and that's where the, the two emulsions come in. That's the beauty of those. They're, those are all the mm-hmm. fat-soluble vitamins, right. which are really important, and they're already emulsified in fat. So when you take them, your body absorbs them really well. That's why I'll be excited to see the results on that. But I should probably think about doing another round of the um, Beta Plus or the Beta TCP and just see what that does as well. All right, I've got to get to a break. We're going to come back. And we're going to get to your calls and questions right after this break. Stick around. Kevin Rothman.
Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. Kim is here with me. Kim, anything uh, you want to talk about, or should we get to some calls? Nope. Not really. Not really. I'm just uh, I'm looking forward to getting back to Florida. I'm a true Floridian now because this Ohio <laughs> weather is killing me. <laughs> <laughs> it happens fast, doesn't it? I. It does, it does. Yeah, I, I remember that transition well, so I know what you're going through. All right, let's let's uh, let's get to some phone calls. We, Kim, we have a very special first caller. Oh, nice. Yeah, we, we normally don't talk to it? Bruce Mallinson oh. on Wednesdays. That's normally Tuesdays, but Bruce, welcome. Uh, hi, Bruce. Hello, Kevin, thank you. Hello, Kim, and... Uh, Yes, I'm sure you're cold in Ohio, but it's still cold in Florida. Yeah, yeah, I saw that too. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, we're praying for snow out here in Colorado and Wyoming and Utah. Uh, But Kevin, the reason I decided to come on your show, uh, I'm starting my ketogenic diet. I've been tinkering and playing with it because I hit a total of 194 pounds over Christmas, and I'm down to 185 now, and Good. Going down a pound, pound and a half a day, but man, I'll tell you, it sure is hard to sit and relax for the last hour of the day and watch television and not have ice cream or cake or <laughs> cookie or a piece of chocolate. So, oh, so that's, Bruce, that's, that's that's harder to give that up than it is to make a living. No, I agree. So, what you have to find are, and if you're going to eat some carbs, that's the best time to do it. It actually helps stabilizes your sleep a little bit. You just don't want to go overboard. Um, Lisa found an amazing line of chocolates that are completely sugar-free, and they are really good. Good quality ingredients. It's not a bunch of junk. Like sometimes substitute foods, especially packaged, can just be junk. But these aren't. These are real good quality. They've got you know one with almonds. They've got one that's a really dark chocolate. Uh, I think they have a sea salt, um, and I am just drawing a total blank on the name of them, though. Um, Lisa's listening, so maybe it's she'll... Kylie? No, I don't think that's it. Lisa's listening. Maybe she'll uh, send me a text message. But So there are some some good substitutes. There are also, you know, if you don't mind doing a little bit of work, like I talked about at the beginning of the show... I made some really awesome little what we call fat bombs the other day, and the ingredients were coconut, which is good for you, avocado, which is really good for you, lime, and a little bit of local raw honey. So, Oh, and dates, which are also good for you, and sweet. So it's a sweet treat. You make these little, um, like little pies almost. You, you use a food processor with the the uh, coconut and the dates and just a little bit of honey and that forms into a crust you just put them in little molds that forms into a crust and then you take the avocado some lime juice and you grate a little of the lime peel you can put a little honey in there too if you want you get that nice and smooth in a food processor fill up the little cup with that and freeze them and the avocado lime comes out like ice cream in this little frozen coconut shell. And it's got a little bit of sweetness from the dates and the honey, and it feels like a really nice, decadent treat, and it it actually helps stabilize your blood sugar. Or you could 
order some monkey brittle from our store when we have it because that's a really good balance of carbohydrates, fat, and protein for right before bed. Uh, Lily's chocolate. That's what it is. And you can get it on Thrive Market. Really? That's the chocolate. Yeah. Well, you can get it at Whole Foods and just about any health food store. And I've been uh, eating that for the last couple of years, and I do like it. Yeah. But the main yeah. reason I called is yesterday, on yesterday's show, you know, we talked about that 14-hour rule, and I mentioned that it would be impossible for me to be an owner-operator because I like to sleep in a two-part day, especially when I'm driving across country. And even even now, it's very hard for me to shut off my mind. The only way I can shut it off or give it a rest is the snowmobile, ski, uh, ride the motorcycle. If I'm bicycling, and I'm and I'm still thinking of the trucking industry and how much easier it is to go up the grade when you drop excessive gears instead of dropping one gear on a 21 speed bicycle and really cranking on the pedals. Drop two or three, and you'll go up a little bit slower. You might be pedaling a little faster, but it's so much easier on the body. And the same thing happens to your engine and your drivetrain and your drive tires on your truck. And so bicycling gives me a little bit of a mental break, but not completely. So it's back to this sleep thing. You know, I, I like to do three, four hours and then work and then do three or four more. And you had mentioned yesterday that you were going to talk about sleep. So I did buy that SR1 machine that you bought. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, here's the thing about sleep. Um, And I've been testing and testing and testing, and I'm still. And the good news is I'm actually going to open the next show um, talking about sleep, but we can certainly talk about it now. Uh, the thing I've found about sleep... Oh, I, okay, I thought... Oh, no, that's fine. No problem. We'll, we'll talk about it because I like this topic and there's a lot to talk about. The thing about sleep is this... It's similar to the whole health thing. You know, people will call me all the time and they'll say, Kevin, this hurts or this isn't working right. What can I take to fix it? Nothing. Nothing. There are no quick fixes. There, there isn't one thing we can do that's ever going to solve a big problem like this with our health, our sleep, our stress. We have to get really disciplined about doing a whole bunch of things. So what I've found about sleep is all of the things, and, and I could probably write a list of 30, but, it, but I'll go through some of the big ones. One of the first things is... Sometimes you have to start to force yourself to wake up a little earlier each day. That probably won't apply to you. I know you you do that already. But the other thing is get exposure to bright light as soon as you wake up. If, If the sun's shining, even in the middle of winter, go stand outside and look up at the sky for, you know, three or four minutes. If the sun isn't out, even a bright LED light. If you, you can get solar lights and there's some mood lights on the market, you want exposure to those first thing in the morning. What it does is it, it resets the whole sleep clock. And the minute we reset that, we start building up a chemical that they actually call the sleep chemical, adenosine. And the longer we're awake, the more adenosine builds up and that creates what's called sleep pressure. So if you've ever been at that point where no matter what you do, you just can't keep your eyes open anymore, you're just exhausted, that's a buildup of adenosine. So by getting up first thing in the morning and exposing ourselves to really bright light, 
we, we reset that clock and the adenosine starts to build up and the whole melatonin cycle um, will get more regular, which is what we're looking for. So that's the way to start the day. If you have caffeine of any kind, you shouldn't have it after noon. Um, caffeine takes a long time to, to get completely out of the body. And caffeine is one of the chemicals that blocks the buildup of adenosine. So that's why it keeps us awake and, and makes us more alert. And I drink caffeine in the morning. I like it. Although I'm cycling off of it now. I do at least two days a week with no caffeine at all. And I only do one cup of caffeinated coffee uh, the other five days. Throughout the day, try to be as active as you can. Even little things like, you know, I, I've always been... I try to be really efficient with my time. So if I have to walk upstairs, I try to think of everything I need to do while I'm up there. I, I stop doing that. If I have to make four trips up the stairs, I'd, I'd rather do that now. might take a little more time, but just those little changes to keep you more active throughout the day. If you can get in even a four or five or six minute really intense workout, you know, just stair stepping, you know, on, on a stair, you don't even need a machine. Um, you know, four or five minutes of a really intense workout with some dumbbells in, in your office. Anything like that is going to help. Starting later in the evening, you want to make sure you're not eating, you know, big meals or even snacking too close to bedtime other than that one. If you want to have that one late night kind of snack that's got some carbs in it, but has some protein and fat, um, that's a good thing. But your meal, your last meal should be three or four hours before you go to bed. And you should start really dimming the lights or turning them off completely and avoid your phone, avoid tablets and computers, you know, even the TV. I know it's a nice way to kind of sit down and relax, but that light hitting your eyes blocks that melatonin from really starting to put you into that sleep cycle. So I've got plenty more of that coming. We will talk about that more and get to more of your calls and questions right after this break. Stick around. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. 
This is Destination Health. Kim is here with me, and Bruce Mallinson is here too. We're talking about sleep. Bruce, you suffer from the, you and I suffer from the same thing. It was funny when you were starting to talk about sleep. You went off on bicycle riding and trucks and tires and rolling resistance and gears, and that, that's how our brain works. And you're right. Sometimes it's really hard to turn that off. Um, the other thing I, I would highly recommend you do throughout the day um, is, is meditate, and, and it only takes a couple minutes. Um, there are tons of great apps you can get on your smartphone that walk you through. It's called Guided Meditation. And those will help kind of reset the brain back into that rest and digest mode. Because you and I are a lot alike. We tend to get into that fight or flight mode just because we're always doing something. We're always thinking about something. So anything that will reset that, a walk outside, you know, a couple minutes of meditation, the more often you can do that throughout the day. There is another device um, that I've tested it's similar to that little device that you wear when you sleep. It resets your brain waves with electrical, but it's a much bigger, much more powerful, and you actually put the the uh, connectors or electrodes, whatever you want to call them, right on your temples, and you do this throughout the day. And you can even be doing other stuff while you do this. I think it lasts for 15 or 20 minutes, then it turns off on its own. But you set the intensity on this one, and if you turn it up too high, you can actually feel it. I mean, it, you can feel the electricity on your skin. And the other thing that freaked me out the first time I used it, if you close your eyes, it is like a strobe light behind, behind your eyelids. It's really bizarre. But what that does is it uses electrical stimulation to to reset your brain waves into that rest and digest mode so that you get out of that, that sympathetic, you know, fight-or-flight mode that we can stay in all, all day long if we're not careful. So you can do that once or twice throughout the day, and again, that helps your body that night be able to get back into that mode. You could get a... And that device is fairly expensive. It's why I don't talk about it a lot. It's another $500 device. You can get what's called a grounding mat pretty cheaply, um, and those you actually, you, it plugs into just the ground part of an electrical outlet. And you lay it under your sheet, and it, it gives you that same grounding effect that you get by walking outside barefoot, which is really good to help reset our sleep cycles. So that's a pretty simple, inexpensive way. Then you, you get to what we refer to as like sleep hygiene. When it's time to go to bed. You should do nothing in your bedroom except sleep and have sex. That's it. You shouldn't eat in there. You shouldn't watch TV. You shouldn't play games. Maybe reading, um, if reading will help you relax. But even then, you don't want to read books that would stimulate your mind too much. So if you're going to read at night before bed, you would want to read books that you don't really have to think a lot about or that they don't stimulate the thought process too much. You're really better off doing nothing in bed. So I, I've changed. I don't read nearly as much in bed as I used to. I'll go sit in a chair somewhere and read. And then when it's time to go to bed, I go into the bedroom, turn off the lights, go to sleep. And they're, they're now saying that even the tiniest amount of light in the bedroom can affect your sleep. 
Like, you know the little indicator lights you might have on a TV, a blue or red light, or on a cable box? or They say you should cover those up with tape. That, that light can affect your sleep that much. You should have blackout curtains. They claim if you want the best sleep, you shouldn't be able to see your hand right in front of your eyes. The room should be about 65 degrees, and it should either be dead quiet or you should have white noise in the background. One or the other, whichever one works better for you. But what you don't want are intrusive noises that would wake you up. A car going by, a dog barking. Um, So if you can't get it completely quiet, then you're probably better off with white noise. And the optimal temperature, 65 degrees. And cooler is better as long as you keep yourself warm. So I actually like 50, 55 degrees and, and a lot of blankets. I mean, that's when I sleep best. So those are the big ones. I mean, there, there's a, a whole bunch more you can do. But if you're really disciplined about those, and that's the hard part, life gets in the way. But, you know, I, I did about a two-week test where I tried to stay as disciplined I, as I could on all those things I just talked about. And eating a good, clean keto diet actually helps. I took my sleep scores from the scale on sleep scores is 0 to 100, And there's several different devices. I use three different devices to test it. My average sleep score was in the high 70s, which really isn't that great. They say like 80 is the minimum if you really want to be getting good sleep. I took it from the high 70s to the low 90s and actually had two nights of perfect scores, 100. And then I got less disciplined and my scores have dropped back down to the mid 80s again. Wow. Well, you know, I, I do a lot of the things you mentioned, and the exercising is the biggest thing. My morning routine, I lay on a beamer pad, which is made in Germany, and it puts a DC current up through your body and open up, opens up the capillaries and all that. That's only eight minutes, but I do 20 minutes of stretching, and then I'm on either the total gym, the elliptical, the uh, stationary bicycle. I do have the flat bench, the dumbbells. So I do work out, and I have been working out since I was 27. I don't do the caffeine in the evening. And meditation is something that I've tried. With my mind, then will take off and goes on one of my mechanical thoughts. Try, but, uh, try the guided I did try walking outside in the grass this summer. Good. good. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try that. I've tried walking outside in the grass barefoot. Certainly can't do it in the wintertime, but... Uh, and my chiropractor is very much into health, and we talk about that quite often. The uh, eating three to four hours before bed, that, that really helps. It, uh, but it's shutting down the mind. Sometimes when I lay down, I start thinking, okay, I want to do this. I need to do that. You start thinking, oh, this guy has a problem with this engine. I think I know what's wrong with this one, and then it just starts. The Probably the best. And sometimes I ask myself, where did that? Yeah, now I... I... The I'll best say to myself, two things. Where did that thought come from? You know? Exactly. The best two things to help with that, that electrical stimulation device, because it literally forces your brain into that other mode, and you know, just a disciplined routine of meditation. And and Bruce, you've been working out, you know all this stuff. You've water skied, snow skied. You know if you try to snow ski one time a year you're never going to get any better at it. You know, you know if you didn't go out and water ski as often as you did, you would have never been any good at it. Meditation's no different. 
you know, it's always hard in the beginning. We hate stuff we're not good at. So we tend to give up on them. But if we understand how important they are, you know, skiing, water skiing, snow skiing, all those things you've done, you, you stayed at them because you love doing them. And because you stayed at them, you got better and better and better. And the better you get at something, the more you enjoy doing it. Meditation's the same way. Nobody likes it in the beginning. Uh, you, you just got to kind of push a little bit more each day, and then pretty soon you get good at it, and you start to see the benefits of it, and then you enjoy it. So because your particular issue seems to be your mind more than anything else, those would probably be the two most important things you could do. Hey, Bruce, I'll send you an email with the two um, guided meditation. One of them is like a guided hypnosis um, app, that one um, you pay for. But there's a free one out there called Insight Timer that they have very specific ones as well for sleep. But also the ones Kevin mentioned, like doing those during the day, you can look at them and see how long a duration they are. So even if you just have five minutes where you can have some quiet time for yourself, you can search for one for that. Um, I found that has helped me uh, tremendously with sleep. Please do. Okay, I'll be looking for that. And And then one more more thing that I talked about, Bruce, um, early in the show, I did that vitamin D test. Vitamin D is critically important to sleep. Vitamin D and vitamin B12. B12 is so important for sleep. I take a supplement that actually has, let me go look at this or I'll get the number wrong. It's got like 200,000 times the recommended dose of B12. Because B12 is so hard for our body to absorb, you've got to almost overload it with B12. But that'll help sleep. And vitamin D, this time of year, almost everybody is deficient. So you might want to consider taking a vitamin D test. Um, It's a home kit. You poke your finger, you put some blood on a card, you send it back a couple weeks later, you get your results. And then based on where you are, we could recommend how much to supplement. But the closer you can get your vitamin D level up into that 80 or 100 range. I'm actually down in the 30 range right now. The better you're going to sleep. So, hopefully that helps. Have Kim email that information to me also about which vitamin D and where to get the kit and which vitamin B12. Will do. Thanks so much for joining us, Bruce. That was a nice treat. We're, uh, We're all out of time. We will do it again, and we'll continue this into the next show because that's where I was going to talk about sleep as well. We'll be right back or next time. Thanks for joining me. Be safe. Be profitable. Be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey. Kevin Rutherford.